Hello, everyone, and welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 48. We're calling it Independent Liberty. Now, I'm taking some license here because one of my undergraduate majors was English. And that gives me, I think, a little poetic license to reconfigure, tweak, and maybe create new identities for definitions. After all, it's happening across the culture in major ways, in in many ways, in many circumstances. So here are my definitions for today, July 4th, 2021. First of all, I think freedom is a political term. That's the ability to move, engage in commerce, do different things within the culture of a political system. Independence, which today is Independence Day, celebrating 245 years since the Declaration of Independence was first publicly read. Independence is a geopolitical term, in my view, in my tweaking and understanding, in the sense that if you're an independent entity, you've got to be recognized by others. Liberty is personal. And the reason liberty is personal, in my view, is it's inherent. It's God-given, or it's from the universe, or it's from the great architect of the universe, or whatever. It's an inherent aspect of who you are, or who I am, or who we are. So, freedom is political, independence is geopolitical, and liberty is absolutely personal. So, there's my definitions for the day. Some other things I'd like to talk about. I have some articles that uh, you may want to look at. First one is from Bill Bonner's diary, and as you know, I I quote Bill frequently on this uh, program, but it was from um, today, Sunday, July 4th, and the big title is Hornswoggled. That's the word of the week from Bill Bonner or Emma Walsh, who's the editor of the Bill Bonner Diary. The meaning of Hornswoggled is to get the better of someone by cheating or deception. And one thing that he noted at the top, beginning, is since 2009, a mere 12 years ago, the top 1%, 1% of Americans have increased their wealth by nearly $2,000 a day. Over the same period of time, the bottom 50% have gained a measly 3 bucks a day. That's $3 per day. That is how hornswoggling works, according to Bill Bonner. And I would say, just from an observational perspective, that if that trend continues, that you're going to look at some real discontent, frustration, and anger from those who have been left behind on this great swoop, this great sweep of wealth creation. Another article I'd recommend to you from Saturday the 3rd of July on Zero Hedge 
It's called Long Waves, and it's visualizing the history of innovation cycles. And to me, that's fascinating. But it also is a reminder to me about cycles in general. I think you want to look at how things innovate, build on one another, early adopters adopt them, then they become refined, the techniques become improved, and then the massive branch of people can adopt them when the unique item is comes down to a, a a favorable cost ratio where you can afford to buy it if you're middle class or whatever. That is sort of how the cycle goes. But there are other cycles, too. What goes around comes around. We've heard that forever. Um, give you an example. You know, climate change is a big thing. It started out as global cooling, became global warming, and now is climate change. And a bunch of alarmists, and I would argue Marxists, try to use that to their advantage to gain political and I would guess philosophical control over our hearts and minds. Is climate change real? I think it is. However, I would argue that it's not new. Just as we go through innovation cycles, we go through global shifts and global cycles. To give you a couple of examples, number one, they found this warm lake in the Arctic, and that's basically because it sits on a vast reservoir of methane. Well, then go to the Antarctic, and they've drilled down there, I think, below three miles of ice and discovered a, the, the remnants of what was once tropical. Antarctica, tropical. Now, why would that be? Well, we're also having axis shifting on our polar axis, and it keeps shifting I, I guess you could say from top to side, okay? I could probably give a more graphic and a better scientific explanation, but nevertheless, the axis is moving. If it continued that trend long before, or long after, I should say, you and I are gone from this planet Earth, eventually the axis would shift to what is now the equator if it went a full 90 degrees, if the axis became what is now the equator, then that means the tropical zones would be Antarctica and the Arctic. And the frozen zones would be, who knows, probably Asia, Southern Asia, and maybe the United States or the middle of the Atlantic. Point is, where I live here near Bowling Green, Ohio, on my little acreage, at one time, we were under two miles of ice. We have an area very close to us called the Great Black Swamp, and it is a remnant of the receding ice uh, mass that melted and eventually receded back north. The hills in southern Ohio were created by the massive sheets of ice pushing the ground and land forward as it moved to the south, creating all those rolling hills and so forth. So the, the point is, what I'm saying is, climate has been shifting forever. Uh, what impact do humans have? That's the big argument. But I would argue that those, I'm arguing about an argument, but I would argue that those who are using human intervention as a means for control of our lives, our livelihoods, and our daily living 
are merely just grasping on the obvious and using it to their advantage. We have a real shortage of common sense and awareness. I think it's not public. Maybe the common sense and awareness does exist around the water cooler at work, or maybe it does exist at the morning coffee shop before going to work, or maybe at the dining table in the evening, although most families today, and family is a remnant, although most families today don't share dinner time. But uh, things have changed dramatically, and they're going to continue to change politically, economically, climately, whatever. And the key is to be free, to be at the point where your anxiety is, how do I put it? Your anxiety is released. Get inside yourself, get at peace with yourself, and look outside, eliminate the anxiety, be objective as you view what's going on, and pick the path that works best for you. And remember always inside at your core, you are free. You experience liberty in the true sense of the word. So use that to the best advantage you can when all these political, scientific, and all these other things are flying around. Another um, one I'd recommend to you, I believe it was Friday or Saturday. I'm sorry, I don't have the article on hand. But it also was in Zero Hedge, and it discussed the failure of the United States government to address the prospect of an electromagnetic pulse. Now, I spoke briefly about it last week, and I have a true fear about the impact of an EMP. In fact, the forecasters, uh, the prophets who examine this type of thing, predict that Within a year's time, 90% of the U.S. population would die if we were hit by a nationwide EMP. And why is that? Well, partly because of our total reliance on electricity, A. B, the fact that uh, uh, the bulk of our population now live in urban centers, and I would describe an urban center as anything bigger than 25,000 people. In other words, There are no victory gardens in the backyards. Uh, Access to food would be limited, severely restricted. What does an EMP do? Well, basically, it shuts down all your electronic systems. Now, think about anything run by digital electronics or anything of that nature. If they were all to die suddenly or go down suddenly, we would be in a world of hurt. I mean, for example, you could have 20,000 gallons of gasoline sitting in a tank underground somewhere and no means to pump it out until you, you know, went out and found a hand pump or a hand crank pump like we used to do back in my youthful days and rotate that crank around and around and around after you'd primed it, of course, until you started getting out some fuel. But then your fuel would only be effective on vehicles that didn't have electronics because those would be dead to the world. So it would have a real impact. No air conditioning, uh, no electrical heat, uh, electricity and electronics are used for things like transmitting oil and natural gas and the pipeline systems and so forth. Our entire communication network would be fried and be non-existent. Um, 
old old style, old school ham radio operators would probably be our only link to what's going on outside of our immediate neighborhood. So it could be devastating. And I and I think the impact it and if you read all the fiction books and all that kind of stuff, they are fascinating and speculative. But I suspect we would turn into a very violent society because some people would not have the means and wherewithal to survive, and the survival instinct would make them perhaps violent or doing anything they could to ensure their own survival. So it could be a devastating thing. It doesn't have to be from a hostile force, an EMP. It could be an accidental thing, or it could be a solar flare. There are just a number of ways that could happen. And even if it weren't nationwide or global or anything of that nature, if it were regional, imagine the whole East Coast, uh, east of the Alleghenies. If that whole area was shut down, the impact it would have on our nation. Or flip it to the other side. If it happened just west of the Rockies, what an impact it would have on our nation. And, of course, in the middle section, if it were just there, that too would be devastating as well. So it wouldn't take much to put us in a world of hurt. And uh, I think it's something that our policymakers should be planning for. But as you know, they're not very strong on planning. Uh, they don't see ahead of themselves. I, there is a a wisdom in being president in the moment. But there's also a weakness and a failure to see what might be and to prepare for it. One of these, uh, you know, hope for the best and expect for the worst is a little extreme and a little unprecise to be. But nevertheless, we want our political people or the people who have the capacity uh, to change things in our lives to be prepared for anything that might come down our way. I didn't mean for this to be a downer. I wanted it to really be an upper because it is Independence Day today. And what I hope for you and your family and those you love and everybody you care about that this is a special day of independence, not just for the United States in 245 years, although that's dwindling and fading into dust, but that it's a day that you can be free and stay free and live in your liberty. That's Living Liberty for today. I'm Charlie Earle. Have a good one.